Welcome to the new RPS Pharmacine podcast, where we interview interesting people from the world of pharmacy and beyond. And we want to hear from you. Head to the RPS Twitter and hashtag RPS Pharmacine to have your say on who we should invite to the show and what you would like to ask our guests. Now, please welcome your hosts. Hello and welcome to the RPS Pharmacine podcast. My name is Amandal and I'm the Head of Professional Belonging at the RPS Today we have a special episode of the podcast celebrating Black History Month and the RPS Inclusion and Diversity Programme. Our two guests today are Tasse Opatu, a pharmacist and a member of the English Pharmacy Board, and Adana Anthony Okeke, fifth year pharmacy student at Nottingham University. We're very lucky to have the pair on the podcast and I'm really excited to hear their experiences and journeys. We're also very lucky to welcome Claire Anderson, the RPS president, as our host today. Hi Claire. Hello Arman and hello um, to Tasse and Adana. It's fantastic to have the opportunity to speak to you. To start, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience in pharmacy so far, Adana. Thank you for having me. Um, As I said, I'm a fifth year pharmacy student. I'm at the University of Nottingham. Um, In terms of my journey, so I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, I started the journey in 2017, not even knowing pharmacy was a course that you study at university. Um, But I've loved it so far. I could have thought of a better course to study. I've really grown personally and professionally over the years. Thank you. And and Tasso? Thank you. Hello and thank you for inviting me onto the Pharmacine episode today. A little bit about me, probably been around a few more years than Adana. I was kindly reminded by the RPS, I think, this year with a lovely certificate to show that I've been registered pharmacist and member of the RPS for 26 years. It certainly doesn't feel like such a long time and I put this down to the variety of experiences and opportunities we have being part of the pharmacy profession. So a whistle stop tour is I started my pharmacy career as a basic grade pharmacist used to call the foundation pharmacist basic grade pharmacists in hospital doing the usual rotations first of all in London then I moved to Bolton the north of England and then I went to volunteer in a hospital in Tanzania for a few years and those years really did shape me as a pharmacist and as a manager during that time I witnessed absolute poverty and um, but also the kindness of humanity in the most dire circumstances and subsequently through my travels in Africa I discovered just how beautiful a continent it is with wonderful food and scenery very little of which is portrayed in western media or western society and it really made me sit up and think from then onwards about the experiences of black people just existing in this world and there's how as a group we're diminished and shut out when we have so much to contribute anyway so I came back from my travels in Africa came back and I did a master's in public health and health services management did a stint working in public health strategy at the healthcare commission which is now known as the Care Quality Commission. And I returned to hospital pharmacy and I've had several senior manager operational posts and now I am working in commissioning pathways and formulary at Bart's Health. So Adana, reflecting on your experiences so far, 
What barriers do you think we need to remove to enable black pharmacists to develop and progress and ensure black students see pharmacy as a career option for them? I've heard variations of this question in the past and they've thought long and hard about it. I think the at the very basis, the value of representation cannot be overemphasised. So, for example, I remember going through the list of the RPS board members that was posted a while ago and I remember seeing Tassie and thought, oh, wow, so so can I. And it's very difficult to progress in an area where you don't even feel welcome in the first place. It's not about developing tough skin or doing it in spite it's just about feeling that you belong um a project that i really want to pursue which i've actually been talking to tassie about and hopefully will pursue it over the coming years is going to speak to secondary school children about pharmacy i want young black boys and girls to see me and think you know that they they too can and tassie do you have anything to say about this i'm sure you do for me the phrase you can't be what you can't see is really important and significant and it's really interesting to hear Adina say what she said about even just seeing me as a candidate for the board elections. I don't think as black pharmacists we're any different to any other group or ethnicity when it comes to ambition. We all strive to be more and improve ourselves. What spurs us on though is knowing that there are others who look like us and have had similar lived experiences who have achieved to reach the top of whatever field they've chosen to be in it's a really great motivator we all as far as our own self-development we're constantly doing that doing as many courses as we can training ourselves that's not what stops us we have qualifications as long as our arms it's really about being given an equal chance about having a level playing field where you're not overlooked due to someone's explicit or implicit biases, where you're not subject to harsher disciplinary processes due to someone's explicit or implicit biases, where you're not emotionally traumatised or worn down due to regular constant barrages of microaggressions. That's what we really need actually those are big barriers to ensuring that we as a group can fully reach our potential and Adani you were part of a team that looked to decolonize the pharmacy curriculum how were you motivated to do this and what are you hoping to see change I think in short I was fed up with you know having to do unnecessary research outside of the classroom because things that I should have been taught we're not being taught. I was fed up with a lot of things. So forming the group and looking at the curriculums was one step. There's still a lot more that needs to be done. So we don't keep having conversations, you know, like this over and over again. And I could give a, a whole list, but I think at the basis of it, I just the major thing that I want to change, I just don't want, you know, black children coming after me to, to feel fed up like I did. At my university, I put a team together and the main purpose is to kind of decolonize things and to get things up to, to speed. And so the first thing that we did was look at the curriculum. And so we went through the different modules that we've been taught from first year to, to fourth year and just went through it, looked looked at gaps, looked at things where things could have been explained a bit better, questioned a few things that were there. So for example, we have different, you know, EGFR calculations for different people and why is that? Um, some statistics were missing. So for example, if we're talking about mental health, well, why, why aren't we teaching that Black men are more likely to, to be 
diagnosed, but why is that even the case in the first place? And um, so a lot of things like that were missing. We also worked with the placing team to make sure that when students are being sent out in placement, they're being sent out to a diverse group of pharmacists. I was just looking recently at some numbers and at the moment I think it's about six percent of pharmacists on the register are black which is very poor but they, they still exist and so sending students out to meet pharmacists like them and would really really help when it comes to the, the issue of representation. We also started to think about developing a separate module so I know you can't cover everything within the curriculum but there's some things that do need to be taught so for example we're not taught a lot about sickle cell disease for example which disproportionately affects black people and if you go into if you're if you're on a ward as a pharmacist you're the the expert of of medicines you need to be able to know what to do in that situation but if you're not taught where do you even begin so we are thinking of getting that module together where those things can be taught just picking up on the point about you don't want to have this conversation again and again and you've done so much at nottingham what do you want to see now moving forward? Like, what would you like other universities to do? Because nothing's going to change otherwise. I think I want other universities to start questioning things that are not right. So, for example, um, I remember I was in some talk and I remember someone saying that, you know, um, they, they don't have a lot of culturally diverse people in their course. Well, why is that in the first place? Why why does that exist? So just start questioning questioning things and working together because it's really hard to achieve things um, by yourself. And I can't overemphasize the importance of, of allyship and just lecturers working with students. It has to be a two-way communication. You can't just do separate separate jobs. Everyone needs to work together to move. So that's, that's why I want to see a lot more teamwork. Yeah, I mean, every time I listen to Adela speak and tell her story of the things that she's initiated, I'm literally moved to tears. I'm immediately thrown back into my 30 years when I started university, right in the heart of central London at King's College, the most one of the most diverse multicultural um, cities in the world, and looking around me and not seeing Black students. So we had a handful of Black students around us. We... I, can't remember any black lecturers really I can't the thoughts and the questions that were in my mind then as to why is it like this you know why I'm not sure if I even thought about the types of conditions that we were learning about and how it affected Mm. black people disproportionately it never even crossed my mind because there was no one there saying anything you know that that lack of visibility that lack of representation throughout such important um, times of our professional careers was really stark so when I see Adana and the work that she's doing and I see the work that's going on at Manchester with Black Pharmacists Collective I see groups forming such as the UK Black Pharmacists Association it inspires me and it motivates me I'm appalled that so little has changed that somebody in this day and age has to you know put down a pen she should be studying you know <laughs> just, she should be studying um rather than um becoming a, a, an activist in her way it's it's wonderful the work that she's doing but you're doing a degree I really <laughs> expect you to be doing that degree I I really it inspires me because I feel that now is the time that with people like Katana coming up 
we as the as the oldies going forward as the more experienced people in positions of power in positions of privilege in the positions of opportunity can actually and should be leading that fight you know we should have their back and we should be doing those things we should be addressing them and what Adana has said about working as a team. So, yeah, I know that a university is not instantaneously going to be able to employ 15 new lecturers who are Black or BME. What can they learn? What can they learn from other organisations? What do they need to be paying attention to? What can they learn? And what's, where's their drive and will to make those changes? That's what I think we need to be doing right now is sitting up and paying attention. If our students are doing this, there is a big problem and we need to, we need to make some moves. So organisations like the RPS and the Pharmacy Schools Council and HEE, we've got such big jobs and big roles to do right now to make sure that the students aren't having to do this that we are doing it and that we've paid attention that we've seen it coming along so I'm sad that Adana's doing the work but I'm so inspired by her doing the work I really feel that with this generation coming through and the ones coming through after that if we can continue to inspire them we've got these incredible fearless future leaders out there doing this and we can go out and as Adana says yes we need to go out into the schools and make sure that they can see us see that pharmacy is a a profession that welcomes people who look like them who have those experiences that they've had no matter what sort what ethnicity background they're from and really say that this is somewhere that you belong that we welcome you into into our profession it's really important that we challenge the status quo and that we strive as individuals and as organisations to make sure that we give people the space to be who they are and to thrive and really, really make room for everybody. A real call to action there. Thank you. You're the first black pharmacist to be on the English Pharmacy Board. So what motivated you to stand for election and what does that what does it mean to you to be on the EPB? Definitely for me being on the EPB, I, as the first black pharmacist, still amazes me, that fact. I may be the first to be elected, but I'm definitely not the first black pharmacist to stand for election. And the fact that I was elected this year, as well as Lola in Scotland, is for me, it's a real signifier of the time that we're in and that people are calling out for big changes in the organisations that represent and lead us. I don't think I'm just here based on the colour of my skin, but I'm here based on my lived experience as a member of a group of marginalised people whose voice has not been heard in these circles for far too long. I think the work that the RPS has been doing over the last couple of years on inclusion has been immense but it was really far too long coming um I remember a few years ago myself and Samantha Quay what the pharmacy technician um put together and came to the RPS with the idea for a Black History Month event and I was shocked that it was the first time that it'd been done and that was just a few years ago and I'm so happy to see the work that Anan is doing and all the events that we have to do with inclusion and diversity now through the RPS it's amazing But really, the fact that it was such a long time coming was because there were not enough black voices around the table. And I make the distinction of 
black and not BAME, as we did have many Asian board members who certainly brought a lot of diversity in terms of ethnicity to the board. However, as we see through the work that Adan has done and associations like the UK Black Pharmacists Association, and we look at the evidence of our the, the Black African pre-reg pass rate, there's so much more that needs to be done. The term diversity, it is about BME, it is about BAME, it's about Black, but we're not one homogenous identity. In the same way that being white is not one thing, it's important, I think, that we are able to re reflect the communities that we serve, but that we also understand deeply from inside the complex needs and nuances that we're able to, in inverted commas, get it when we're dealing with supporting our patients and communities, when we're developing those policies for health, whether it's those reasons, for example, with vaccine hesitancy or looking at the underlying causes or risk factors for hypertension and type 2 diabetes. So yeah, we are, Lola and I, we are the first Black board members but I really hope that we're not the last. And I hope that people will see us and put themselves forward for election and that we have more and more people, black people, black pharmacists, putting themselves forward and that this is just the start of influencing some really important changes and that we don't lose our voices amongst all the other things that are really important. It's not to say that every single issue is about ethnicity, it's that we bring our voice and our lived experience to the issue, no matter what it is. And I, I hope very much you're not the last. Adana, as someone who's starting their career, what does it mean for you to see Taze on the board? Yeah, so like I said, it, it made me feel so kind. Little things like that give me joy. So I remember working in the pharmacy and working with a black pharmacist and I remember being really excited and tweeting about it or even at uni when I had my first black lecturer who was also um, a woman and that those kind of things just give me a lot of hope but then sometimes it's bittersweet because I think well why do I need to be celebrating this or why do I need to be happy about this in 2021 so we're talking about Tate being the first one on the board and it's like well, what, why why is that the case but nonetheless it's inspiring it, it's hopeful gives me a lot of hope for the future thank you Claire and Diana and Tate that has been such an interesting conversation to listen to and a lot of it as a woman of colour I can resonate with I remember when I first saw my first lecturer um, an Indian woman of colour at de Montfort I was like oh my god so I completely understand and I think a lot of the points that you've raised are just so poignant and we need to start paying more attention I just want to say um, thank you but Claire before we end reflecting on the conversation that we've heard and as the RPS president do you think what do you think the role of the RPS is within this um, both as an ally as, as an individual but also as an organisation what steps can we take to make sure we're removing those barriers that have been highlighted today? I think what Tasso said was really key. You can't be what you can't see. We really need to listen. I need to listen. I need to learn. I'm very humbled because I taught Tasso many, many years ago and taught Adana as well, just by coincidence. And I feel bad, actually, that I didn't do things. And, you know, it's very humbling for me and very moving. It's really wonderful to see these things moving forward. And I think we need to, we need to listen more. We need to be allies at every level. We need to be kind. We need to be considerate. 
think it's really important. We um, support the new generations as they come through and that equity is always at the forefront of all our decision making, um, every kind of equity and that we, um, we're there for people and how we choose to engage with others in both our professional and our personal lives I think is really, really important as well. I'm leaving this and Adana's previous session feeling, feeling very moved and very determined to be different and I think we all need to listen and we all need to reflect and see where we can start to make a difference because we can all be allies. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, I hope you really took away something from this conversation as I'm sure me and Claire did today. Thank you for listening to the new RPS Pharmacy podcast out every other Friday. Don't forget to get involved and have your say using the hashtag RPS Pharmacy. See you in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm.